Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Nicholas, for that very nice uh, introduction. My name is uh, Stian Suli. I'm the country manager for DNVGL uh, here in Japan. And I have the honor and the privilege to introduce our first panel here today. And the topic is on the global sulfur cap. Uh, this is a topic that I believe is very high on the agenda for everyone in shipping these days, and has been so for a, a while. And I think the, uh, the reason for being on top of the agenda is it's, it's quite justified, because the introduction of a 0.50% sulfur cap is causing nothing short of a paradigm shift in marine fuels. Uh, it's more than just another regulation. It's a complex uh, challenge, and, and how the owners are choosing to comply might, or have chosen to comply already, might impact their competitiveness in the future. There are uncertainty with respect to uh, availability of compliant fuel. It's uncertainty with respect to technical solutions, and there's also certain uh, uncertainty with respect to the enforcement of the sulfur cap. So this makes the transition hard and challenging for quite many in the industry these days. Uh, and on top of this, we have also future environmental regulations on the horizon. In particular, IMO's greenhouse gas uh, targets are causing also challenges for shipping going forward. So it will be essential to know the impact of these regulations and it will be important going forward, for sure. And that's why I'm happy to say that we have a great panel with us today to, uh, to help us get clarity in this. So if I can please have the panelists come up on stage, I will introduce one, each and one of them. So if the panelists can please enter to the stage. Close to my analyst. So then we have all the great minds of the maritime industry gathered here on the on the stage, at least a few of them. Uh, so I'll just start to introduce each and one of them, and I'll start with my left one here. Uh, this is uh, Eddie Valentis. He has over 25 years of shipping industry experience, including owning, operating, and managing tankers. He founded Pixis Tankers uh, and is now serving as their chief executive officer and chairman of the board of directors, which he has done since the inception. In 2001, Mr. Valentis was appointed president and CEO of Concar Shipping, uh, a dry bulk operator based in Greece, which is a position he is holding today. Then, next one, we have Mr. Svadebjörn Svenning. He's a fellow Norwegian, uh, and he has been working in the maritime industry since 1989. Initially as a broker with RS Plateau, thereafter Barber Marine Consultants, working on the development of deep-sea Roro carriers for Wilhelm Wilhelmsen. In January 1997, 
quite some years ago. He was uh, employed by Fernlease, being responsible for their market analysis and project development with emphasis on commodity markets and international seaborne trade. Then next to him, we have one of our uh, Japanese uh, panelists, Mr. Tanaka-san. He is a senior fellow of MTI, which is uh, Monohakobi Technology Institute, which is part of the NYK group. He is also a technical advisor to NYK. Tanaka-san joined NYK back in 1979, and in NYK Technical Group, he has been in charge of both design, maintenance, repair projects for the NYK fleet. After overseas positions in Australia and Finland, he has held several management positions in NYK, including appointment as NYK Senior Managing Corporate Officer in 2015. In 2016, he became president of MTI, and after April this year, actually last month, he has been Senior Fellow of MTI and also a technical advisor of NYK. Then we have also another one of our Japanese panelists, uh, Kawagosan. He uh, has since uh, 2018 been Senior Managing Executive Officer, Chief Technical Officer, and Director General of Technology Innovation Unit at MOL. Kawagosan is responsible for Technical Division, Smart Shipping Division, secondary responsible for uh, MOL Information System. Kawagosan is also an outspoken and high profile representative of the Japanese maritime industry. And then finally, at the end of the table here, we have Mr. Dimitris Chrysostomo. He's the Group Director Marketing and Business Development in Columbia Ship Management. He has been with Columbia Ship Management for the past 20 years, during which time he has held numerous positions, including Managing Directors of Columbia Singapore Office, before returning back to Columbia Cyprus Office and taking up his current position in 2013. So, quite a good amount of experience, knowledge, and experience gathered on this table today, which I'm very happy to say. So, we can have some very, I think we can have some very good discussion and input on the impacts of the global sulfur cap and other forthcoming environmental regulations. So, I think I'll just start the panel with a very general question, which I hope each and every one of you can help me answer. And that is, what impact do you believe the, the sulfur cap and other forthcoming environmental regulations may have for your company? And this is maybe a bit of a cliche question, but do you see this as a threat or do you see it as an opportunity? And I think we can maybe start with Mr. Chrysostomo all the way yeah. at the other end of the table. Okay, so... Uh I'm representing, obviously, the ship managers on this panel. Uh, from our perspective, I wouldn't say there's a threat. Uh, I would say there's challenges coming ahead. Uh, challenges are more in terms of, uh, first of all, factors that we wouldn't be able to control, uh, such as uh, availability of the fuel, the compatibility of fuels. So these are challenges for us uh, to make sure that we can comply with these for our clients. Um, as Columbia Ship Management, uh, we've been trading quite a large fleet, so we trade to echo zones for a number of years now, so it's not anything new to have more than two grades of fuel on board our ships. Uh, so uh, we are quite prepared for this. In the meantime, what we've done is we've uh, created uh, ship implementation plans for all our vessels individually uh, as part of the preparation. Uh, our, our challenge is obviously to make sure that we uh, service our clients properly, make sure that 
they don't have any disruption to their fleet uh, with upcoming uh, uh, sulfur regulations. And on the other side, we also see this as an opportunity. Um, with more regulation, uh, it becomes more complicated uh, for small operators. And this is where people start to look at the, the expertise of reputable companies like Columbia Ship Management uh, to uh, deal with new regulation coming. So for us, I think there's not a threat. There's, there's challenges, uh, which we are well geared to deal with. And at the same time, there's also opportunity coming uh, for, for good ship management companies, I believe. Thank you very much. Uh, Kawagosan, do you have anything to add? I え、概要 お、レテン他のパートナーと一緒にヨーロッパでLNG燃料のサプライ事業をスタートしておりますけれども、まあそういう事業にとっては、オポティニティが増えるということで、今のところは心配の方が多いですけれども、まああのいろんな解決策を見つけてですね
thank you. Thank you, Captain Link, for inviting me again at your uh, very interesting uh, conference. Um, from the ship owner's perspective, the mid, mid, medium, uh, small size uh, uh, ship owner's perspective, uh, we believe that uh, we're heading into an, let's say, organized chaos uh, as far as uh, 1st of January of 2020 is concerned. We still uh, don't know a lot of things about uh, availability, compatibility of low sulfur. Uh, of course, it goes without saying that companies like us, the majority, will be switching to low sulfur fuel and will not be installing scrubbers. So uh, uh, still, it is a very uncertain uh, area, which we, as you said, uh, Stian, uh, which we are heading to. Uh, of course, uh, we also consider that there will be opportunities. It's a major disruption. And uh, especially for companies like us, which are uh, in the product uh, tanker business, we think there will be a lot of opportunities uh, um, uh, for increased volume, increased capacity, especially after Q3 of this year. Therefore, we're very hopeful for a good market. Um, if I also can uh, address the point that uh, Sver said about uh, MEPC 74 and the meeting at IMO, this is a very, very important meeting this week. We expect a lot to be decided, and we expect uh, member states to back shipping and not create a chaos. This is the last opportunity for shipping, MEPC 74 this week, the last opportunity for shipping to, to lead this reg new regulation to a normal way in the 1st of January of 2020. Thank you very much, uh, Valentis. So, so just to sum up uh, the round of the first questions here, there are a certain anxiety, at least, or 60% anxiety, as to quote uh, <laughs> Nakasan. I think the panel here also sees some uh, opportunities, but uh, there are anxiety concerned with the, especially with respect to the uncertainty of everything, and it's very clear that this is the last chance for uh, IMO MAPC meeting to kind of try to calm down the, the industry and, and, and get settled a few things uh, going forward. Just before I move on to the next question here, uh, Mr. Valentis, you mentioned about the opportunities for the product uh, tanker trade. Um, I just want to check if there's anyone on the others on the panel that sees these kind of opportunities. Yes, the product uh, tanker market is, is a natural kind of candidate for, uh, for increased, uh, I would say, opportunities going forward. Do you see any, anything else with respect to the trades? Uh, maybe, Mr. Svenning, if you have any comments to, to that. Thank you, yes. Um, I mean, the, the global market for uh, marine fuel is, I mean, depending on whom you ask, I mean, two and a half to three million barrels of uh, heavy fuel oil per day. And it's quite clear that coming to the 1st of January next year, there will be a mismatch between the demand for compliant fuels, marine gas oils, and there will still be vast amounts of high sulfur fuel oil produced. I mean, it's a, it's a natural consequence of uh, distillating crude oil. And um, the refineries have to do something about that. I mean, uh, they have to store it. And we believe that we will see more floating storage activity on particularly VLCCs, and we will see more trade of high sulfur fuel oil, or if you could call it next year, off-spec fuel oil, for downstream cracking. But that has to be done in other parts of the world. So we think that, yes, a consequence will be increased, increased demand for, 
I mean, uh, uh, dirty tankers in, in general. And, uh, well, considering the market right now, uh, I think that most tanker owners will be happy about that. Very good. Any other comments from other of the, uh, any other of the panelists with respect to this? Tanaka-san. え、先ほどあの、術開発っていうかそういうのは少しずつ進んでくるのかなと思います。ま、やってみると意外とこれは良かったとかですね。え、いろんなことが分かりますんで、ま、あの、そういう面にも期待しております。うん。Thank you, as we will now see a new global sulfur cap, uh, for sure the, the likelihood of increased fuel prices going forward is quite high. Uh, there are different, uh, I would say, expectations to, to what the new fuel prices will be, but for sure there will be an increase. Uh, and this is something that I believe will benefit uh, new and uh, more energy-efficient tonnage. Uh, on top of this, we have also ballast water treatment uh, systems installations where basically we will have the majority of the fleet will have to install this before 2022. Uh, so my question to the panel, uh, and in addition to the ballast water treatment system, sorry, we also have the greenhouse gas uh, regulations uh, coming forward. So my question to the panel is, um, are we likely to see increased scrapping post-2020, and will that have, or what's your thoughts with respect to the new building market going forward as a result of that? And maybe this time we will start with Mr. Valentis, and then we can move uh, in the other direction. Uh, thank you, Stian. Uh, the, uh, f as far as the product tanker sector is concerned, I am, and the MR size, which we are concentrating on, uh, we um, this year uh, approximately seven percent of the total fleet is at 19 years of age. So uh, next year with IMO 2020, and as you said, ballast water treatment systems kicking in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, uh, these vessels will have to decide whether they will go uh, through their fourth special survey with substantial capex costs. Um, considering also the increase of the potential increase of uh, low sulfur fuel, because these vessels for def definitely will not be installing scrubbers. Uh, therefore, these are highly likely candidates for scrapping. And I'm sure that Zver uh, will also uh, say about other sectors, which I'm not aware, but uh, other sectors also have um, old ladies that uh, might decide not to go through uh, this huge uh, capex expenditure. Let's not forget that uh, um, uh, scrap, uh, scrap uh, values are still high, so it makes sense uh, um, uh, for a vessel, for an older lady to go for scrap uh, rather than having to go through this uh, expenditure for another three or four years. Thank you very much. Uh, Svara? 
Yeah, I, I, I fully agree with you. And uh, I mean, you could, uh, you could add on to the, the bills piling up in front of the ship owners that uh, organizations like your own uh, every now and then wants to come on board and see that everything is in good shape. So, I mean, we also have special surveys that also cost money. So, going forward, how much are fuel prices going to increase? Um, we have seen analysis, we have seen arguments for anything between 50 to $100 up to $500 compared to the current HS uh, high sulfur fuel oil. Uh, we simply don't know. But what we do know is that marine gas oil for the past 15, 20 years has been priced uh, at, on average, $246 more than, than fuel oil. So if we take that and consider a five, seven-year-old non-eco design compared to a brand-new eco design, I mean, the fuel bill is starting to be quite big, and it will have a negative impact on the valuation on the non-eco types, and particularly the older ones, and they will be pushed out sooner rather than later. Uh, so it will contribute to, to rebalancing the market. Um, when it comes to ordering on new tonnage, um, yes, uh, but... We also see that the ship-owning community of, of, of the world these days don't really have the funding they had some years ago because markets have been poor for many, many years and with a, with a huge outflow of cash. So, um, but it, it will come, but maybe not immediately in 2020. Still, may I um, add about the pricing of uh, low sulfur? Um, um Considering today the marine gas oil is about $255, the differential with high sulfur, uh, the futures indicate for low sulfur by the end of this year to be in the region of $125. This is the differential that we're budgeting today. Of course, because of the disruption that we will face and the uncertainty of the capacities and the quantities of low sulfur, we do not exactly know, but we are budgeting for about 125 differential today for the low sulfur, the 0 0.5. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Thank you. Uh, Tanaka-san. あの、ま、え、ま、確かにその環境対応技術に対する ご存知の皆さん、過去にですね、FO が え、リマショックの前に作り下げた船の整理がですね、まだ終わってないんだというふうに、まあ、あの、全体的に言うとそう思いますけれども、ま、そういうものの整理は少しは進む方向になるのかなというふうに、どれくらいというのは、あの、非
、えー、無責任なことをちょっとお話しするとですねあの燃料代がもちろん上がるわけですから、えーまあ、コストを皆さん抑えたいというふうに、えー、オペレーターオーナーさんは考えるわけですねそうすると、まあ、今までもそうでしたけどもこれからも GHG 削減の規則が厳しくなっていく上でまあ、我々としたら一番そのまあお客さんのご協力、ご理解もあっての話ですけども原則運行というのが一番ですねえ効果があるというふうにえ普通は考えると思うんですね、入国量は徐々には増えてますから減速すると船が少し多く必要になるということでえ造船業ももしかしたらスクラップが進むというよりもそういう面でえー、潤ってくることが少し予想されるんじゃないかというふうに考えています、それからもっと造船業の方でも差別化が多分進むと思うのは、えー、非常に超低速なです、ねえー、船の設計、水の下の形などなど、結構、まああのー、スタンダードな船よりもです、ね、ちょっと違ったそういう船がこれから必要になってくると思いますので。ここに差別化のチャンスが知財的にはあるのでいろんなことが起こるんじゃないかと思って非常に大きく期待しているところではあります。I would agree with the general consensus of the panel that you know,、uh, scrapping is inevitable. I think the big question is、uh, the speed of the scrapping. Uh, now, there's been a lot of mention about the price differential, which is definitely one of the factors. But I also foresee another few factors.、Um, there's a lot of discussion about、uh, speed limits, so, in other words, which will effectively、uh, result in slow steaming if these regulations come into force. At the same time, there are other lobbying uh, parties uh, who are looking at、uh, incentive based regulations, in other words,、um, penalizing.、Uh, Less efficient vessels and rewarding vessels which are more efficient. So I think it all depends on if these regulations will come to force or not uh, on slow steaming or incentive based regulations. The price differential is important, and、uh, I think these, depending how this will、uh, pan out uh, in, the, in the next、uh, year or so,、um, whether we will see a, a kind of Uh, a speed up of scrapping, or whether the scrapping will take a longer time. So I think it's, it will come, but、uh, I think what's not clear is how fast and,、uh, the scrapping will take place. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, just to sum up、uh, this round, I, I believe there is a general consensus that there will be scrapping. To which, de- to which degree there will be scrapping is, of course, another question. And also, comments that maybe the slow steaming part and speed limits. But also kind of take up part of the capacity. Anyway, I think this is at least small positive signs for a rebound, possible rebound on the new building market going,、uh, going forward. Without being too optimistic, at least it's, it's, not on the, it's not negative for the new building market post 2020. Unless you have any comments to, to this from, from the panel. I think as v e r t said exactly what's going on regarding new buildings.、Uh, besides the Environmental uncertainties and technical uncertainties. There is also the financial constraint. Banks are not there,、yeah. uh, especially、uh, commercial banks in Europe are not there to lend、uh, for、uh, new building projects. 
I'm sure that's why we're here also, because uh, Japanese uh, leasing companies and uh, other leasing companies in the Far East are very active. But uh, as far as Europe is concerned, they're quite close regarding new buildings. Hmm. And just a follow-up question on, uh, related to new building is, well, now we have the global sulfur cap, uh, we have uh, NOx tier 3, we have greenhouse gas regulations on the agenda. So from your point of view, what do you believe will be kind of the, the compliance alternative on the rise after 2020? Will we see scrubbers on every new building or will we see more LNG or LPG or, or will we continue to go on with compliant fuel and speed limits or will there be a combination? Um, maybe we can start with Kawagos on the first and then we take the... Hi, あの、短期的にはですね、まあ、今スクラバー、まあ、ちょっと流行りになってますけど、まあ、どうですかね、あの、供給量と今現在世界に動いてる船の数を比べますとですね、まあ、非常に限定的なんでしょうね。それから、ま
I'd say that, uh, that scrubbers is not a good solution, but it is the solution available right now, and it's a short-term solution. But, I mean, things tend to even out as time goes by, and I think that the compatibility between the low-sulfur fuel oil blends, uh, there will be a standard for low-sulfur fuel oil blends I mean, maybe not next year or 2021 or 2022, but within five years it will be that. And then moving forward towards 2030 and, 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 and CO2 emissions, I think that, as it was mentioned, that new designs based on a new design speed, new hull forms optimized for slower speeds, but still, of course, with the ability to speed up, is something that's going to be extremely important. And alternative fuels? Well, the... The price tag for an uh, Aframax-sized uh, vessel today running on LNG is, I mean, the conventional price plus 10 to 12 million US dollars. So it, uh, there is a significant price tag. But that delta has been reduced by 50 to 60 percent over the past seven, eight years, and it's still going down. So I, I think that LNG is definitely going to be, become a viable fuel. LPG, um, yes, in certain cases, uh, then, uh, I mean, to be a bit more exotic and dreaming, I mean, ammonia has a lot of merits. I mean, a lot of good things could be said about ammonia as fuel. But that is, that is I mean, a, a dream scenario right now. But still, I think a, a, lot of, a lot of things will happen and take place on development. But reducing consumption, I mean, the speed consumption curve for any ship is, I mean, the, the key feature of a ship that one has to consider in a sale and purchase situation or a new building contracting situation. Thank you very much, Svara. Uh, Tanaka-san, do you have any additional comments? Yes. Well, you know, everyone knows that this is the solution for this. There え、まあ、トライしていくしかないんですけども、まあ、NYK でもですね、いろんなトライをしてます。先ほど申し上げた、まあ、エルエンジー、これは積極的にはあの、非常に限られてますけども、まあ、えっと、え、お客さんとの長
if you start with Mr. Valentis here. Uh, I think uh, I've said the obvious <laughs> <laughs> uh, before, uh, but it, it really doesn't really matter. I mean, whether a company decides to go for a scrubber, it's an economic uh, decision, whether it uh, will pay back or not. Um, uh, I mean, it's not for us to judge whether we're, uh, other companies are installing scrubbers or not, and this is not the case here. Uh, we, it, we made a decision that the scrubber does not fit our economic concerns, and this is just it. Now, we need the framework to be there for the companies, and the vast majority of the shipping companies, I'm repeating, is not installing scrubbers. Let's not forget that. So we need the framework to be there, and we need to know exactly how the industry will, will tackle this in, uh, issue on the 1st of January of 2020. Uh, and I'm just saying for the record that, you know, for a medium range, of, uh, for a MR or a Ultramax, a Supramax, which is, has eco-characteristics, uh, it's not the, the payback period for a scrubber is not very visible. So this is another reason for not installing scrubbers in this size of vessels. Now for larger vessels, I get the point, I get the exercise, and it might make sense to do the, uh, this. Subject, of course, to the pricing of the, uh, of the high sulfur, which we do not know yet, because we are under the impression that more and more vessels are putting scrubbers. We're, I don't know if your figures, but we, we estimate that 3,200 vessels will have installed scrubbers by the end of uh, 2020, and this is a substantial number, and therefore demand for high sulfur will still be high, and therefore affecting the high sulfur price. Um, so the, the difference between high sulfur and low sulfur is very important. Thank you. Svara? Are scrubbers uh, a good idea and a good solution? And my intelligent answer is yes, but no. <laughs> I mean, it very much depends. Um, I said earlier that, that uh, scrubbers are not a good solution, but it is, it is the solution available right now to, to continue to consume high sulfur fuel oil. Uh, it will be a good solution as long as the spread is uh, significant enough uh, for the next few years to take down the extra investment. And it is also interesting to see, and uh, well, I've known about it for some time, but it was uh, public in, in the newspaper at least yesterday in Tradewinds that uh, Hong Kong-based owner TCC has fixed two VLCCs on five years charter to BP, and both of them with scrubbers. So if a super oil major doesn't believe in their own products and goes for high sulfur fuel oil and scrubbers, mm, that says something about the market. But... Uh, we think it's, it's an intermediate solution covering the next five years. Thereafter, uh, we think that availability, quality, standards, and everything will make the low sulfur fuel oils, I mean, I mean, compatible and reliable going forward. So it's an intermediate solution for big ships, primarily. Thank you very much. We're running a little bit out of uh, time here now, so if you can just have very, very short from Tanaka-san and Kawagoo-san <laughs> on basically yes-no scrubber, uh, maybe a little bit more, that will be appreciated. Scrubber-だけで解決する問題ではないんでですね。これはいろんな合わせ技っていうか、そういうことだと思います。私もまああの皆さんがおっしゃってることもそのままだと思います。あのまただあの。
えー、とアカデミックにはです、ね、一応スクラバー環境に、えー、と今のところ問題ないという,ふうなことになっていますので適合、まあ、というだけではなくてです、ね、いろんなこう、えーえー、道具を使って、えー、船を動かすことができるってパズルのようなものなんですけどもいろんな選択肢があるので、えー、非常にこうなんていうんですかね、えー、面白い世界に入ってきたなというふうに私は感じています。<笑> Thank you. And then finally, there's, I mean, there's no right or wrong decision.、Uh, there's two ways to comply, and it's either low sulfur fuel or scrubbing.、Uh, so it's a commercial decision at the end of the day,、uh, which fits different organizations, and it's a bet against the price differential of fuel. Thank you very much.、Uh, I, I think we could have continued the discussion all day long on, on the sulfur cap and environmental regulations and, and the future.、Uh, we are、uh, now on a little bit on overtime, so.、Uh, I'll、uh, then move on, but I would like to thank the panel for their very good contribution to the panel, and、uh, I hope that also the,、uh, the audience has enjoyed this discussion. and I believe it's a discussion we will have going forward very much, and probably again next year. So, thank you very much to the panelists.、Uh, thank you very much for your very good contribution. Thank you. Thank you.